Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. We, as always, honor and cherish our time together. We're continuing to go through the book of Psalms, and we are on the last Psalm that David wrote in the book of Psalms. We're in Psalm number 145. We're on the second half of it, and boy, it's a Psalm of praise. It's just full of praise in God, and I'm, I'm so happy about that opportunity to study this with you, to go over it with you, to take a scenic view of it, and uh so today is Stephanie's turn, but again, I haven't been asking those right questions if she's ready for the knucklehead thing. And But anyway, I think she is. She's one of those people who's, she's a gamer, man. She's always ready. So we find Stephanie, before we get into that, we find her at Southland Christian Camp at a ladies' conference. And today would be the second day of that ladies' conference. You can still ride your bike. You can still take a motorcycle. You can still have people drop you off. You can still do that, but you missed the first night. But that's okay. Uh, you can still come, but uh, with me, as always, is Stephanie. So, Stephanie Wesco, catch us up on life in Ringgold, Louisiana, at Southland Christian Camp. Well, Doug, I am, um, you know, enjoying being able to have a quiet place, and my quiet place that has some reception. And, um, you know, I think ladies are going to start getting here shortly and getting ready for the retreat starting this evening. So, um I'm excited to see what God's going to do. I pray it's him doing it. If I do it, it's going to be worthless. So I'm praying that the Lord will show up and and do wonderful things in the lives of the ladies who are coming. Well, and I'll pray that too. And folks, pray that now. Pray that for the time you hear this, we're one Friday removed, but uh, she'll be still doing a a ladies uh, session there tonight. So while you listen to this this evening, she'll be doing a ladies session. So pray for that as well. And Stephanie, we've reached that wonderful time called the Norton Knuckleheaded Moment, where we go out of our way to tell people what knuckleheads look like so our people will not look like knuckleheads. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, uh, you might be a knucklehead if... Well, Doug, you might be a knucklehead if making fun of people in mm. public gives you a sense of being a, a great big person. Yeah. Yeah. And and let me just say this. Years ago, I was with a pastor and I remember this young boy came to church on the bus and he was sitting in the front row and uh, he's just a nice young boy. We led him to the Lord. And, and uh, I remember I looked at the pastor and said, what a nice young boy. Do you, what's the deal with his dad? You know, I was doing the dad and mom thing. And he said, oh, his dad is hanging out with his friends, Jack Daniels and Jim Beam, meaning, mm-hmm. uh, meaning whiskey or scotch or whatever that is. And, and the boy could hear that. And I remember thinking how wicked that was. Yeah. And here's God leading this young man who may serve God all the days of his life because he rode the bus that day, who may marry the right woman, who may uh, bless God with, with, with his actions daily, may have the, uh, the next uh, great evangelist. May, you know, what's that all about, Stephanie? Why do people got to be yeah. knuckleheads? Because some people just don't seem to have their brains very engaged. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so engage your brains. Don't be talking about people. Don't badmouth people. Make it about good-mouthing people and uh, how great some people are. And I just wanted to, uh, uh, I have not had my family birthday party. I have received a gift from Debbie, a very important one that I think I'm going to use here in a few minutes. She gave me one of my gifts down there uh, at Stephanie's place or up there while we were at camp. But I just want to say this. Stephanie gave me some great gifts. She gave me several food items, and one of them was chocolate-covered cashews. Even in the midst of uh, sickness and virus craziness, uh, I ate that entire bag the first night I was home. And so then moving in the same direction the second night I was home, I ate the entire bag of those coconut things you gave me. I just want to point that out. That just doesn't happen. You usually don't hit a home run. On both those kinds of food. But I'm telling you, I could scale Mount Washington to get more of those. And don't send me any or I'll disown you. But that's how good they were. And the coconut was pretty close. It hit me that I had better not say that to her. She's going to be on Amazon. And I don't want that to happen. But, But folks, you know, in a way of a food recommendation, dark chocolate covered cashews are the king of nuts. I'm just going to be upfront with you. Don't play, don't play with M&Ms. Don't play with peanuts. Don't play with brittle. I mean, just get some dark chocolate covered cashews and live the good life. And uh, that'll bring you to where you're at. So Stephanie, we've been going through this some. Oh, wait a minute. There's a book we got to fit in there. So my buddy, I have a buddy of mine. I have a few buddies. Uh, You have a lot of buddies. I have a lot of buddies, but a buddy of mine, (laughs) it's not a well-known book, but his name is Mike Privet. P-R-I-V-E-T-T. He wrote a book for the glory of God about church planting. And I thought that book was a really good book. I just want to say that. I thought it was a really good book. And you church planters and those of you who listen to me and thinking about church planting and stuff may want to read it. And uh, I read it for the glory of God. Hmm. Uh, Mike Privet. I don't have it sitting in front of me, but I remember the name. I remember reading it a few times and uh, I thought it was pretty good. And uh, so... Hey, make sure you buy that. Make sure you read that. Uh, borrow it. You know, lay it on a pew so someone else picks it up. I had a guy steal my Bible one time up in Canada, and he even called me a few years later and said he was going to send it to me, and he never did. I miss that Bible. But I'll tell you, I'm glad I left it up there on the pew. Maybe someone's using it today. Who knows? But we're on Psalm 145, Stephanie, the last psalm written by the psalmist David. And Boy, there's some stuff going on. We're praising God. Things like that are happening. And uh, I'm going to ask Stephanie. I've been I've been real good and reading everything. I'm going to ask her if she'd read, starting on verse number 13 of Psalm 145. Sure. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all that all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee. And thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him. But all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Ooh, bless his holy name. I mean, to have an opportunity to bless God, 
Uh, mm. That's beyond anything my mind can imagine. You know, uh, I was raised in religion and, and uh, tradition and all kinds of crazy stuff. And if somebody told me that we could bless God, I'd be like, you're crazy, man. I, I need to work my way to heaven. I need to do this. I need to do that. But no, you can bless God. And that's a pretty great thing to praise God and bless him. And so Stephanie, as you were reading that, I know a few things came to your mind. I know your mind was ticking and clicking and things were uh, going off. What did you see there? Wow. Well, I love that as we read through this Psalm, we see the fact that, you know, how personalization is given, you know, there, there's verses that talk about, um, hills clapping their hands or or things like that. And here it's in verse 10, it says, All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Wow. And so it's talking about humans. It's not talking about people at the beginning. It's talking about what God has done praising him. And it occurred to me as, as, as we go into this section, our works are speaking and our works should be God's work being done through us because all we are is a channel through which he is to be flowing. Yeah. And and it challenged me to think, are my works praising God? Yeah. My actions, are they speaking praise to God? Because how we live speaks louder than our mouths. It does. And I know there's hypocrites out there, and I know there's people that have been so burnt by people who were two-faced or had double personality. And there are people like that that can fool everybody, but they're not fooling God. And in the end, their works will not speak of God either. When God decides that he's pulling the curtain back, so to speak, so people see who they really are. So are our works, are truly our works, our lives, who we are, does it speak praise to God? And that's a massive challenge because that's the only reason we are supposed to exist is to speak praise to God. It should it should literally ooze out of us that that we should be that consumed with who we are and our actions speaking praise to God. Yeah, yeah, and and just to have that kind of concern, just to look at God, and, and you know maybe, you know maybe this study of the Book of Psalms more than anything else in my spiritual life has has talked to my soul about worship about praise, about God honoring, about God's goodness, about God's worthiness, his majesty. You know, maybe there's a relationship in my mind that I had to draw with the kingdom, with the king. And, and maybe, uh, maybe that's what this psalm is doing in my life. I'm not sure what it's doing in all your life, but uh, I think that, you know, he's going from need to need. Starting there in verse number 13, again, praying out needs, letting God know this is what we need. You're the king, you're the majesty, you're gracious, you're loving, you show mercy, you have all these things, so I have every right to come to you and, and to give you these things and uh, endure it throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all fall and, and raiseth up all those that be bowed down, the eyes of all wait upon thee. And, you know, I was thinking as you were reading that, Stephanie, over and over again, it was, you know, you couldn't help but think of the Queen of England mm. or the king before her and how people are told not to make direct eye contact, that people look up to see where her eyes are looking and all that. 
And she doesn't even stand in the same area code as God. Mm-hmm. You know, she's nothing. And I mean, I don't mean to offend my Anglo-Saxon uh, Brit- British friends or anything like that or whatever the case may be. Uh, but we're talking God here. Mm-hmm. And he's allowing us in some sense to hang out with him in some mm-hmm. sense to go with the king of all kings, the, uh, the Lord of all Lord, the God of all God, the host. I mean, everything he allows us in a way to go to him with every one of our needs. And then in mm-hmm. 17 kind of messed me up. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his words. The Lord is nigh unto all them. He's right next to us. And uh, um, he's standing right there. It says he's nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill. So, so I guess, you know, the old story of the guy mocking, if there's a God, let him come down. No, God is not mocked. He's saying it, something he's saying here, Stephanie. I've heard you talk about this before. You got to go to God in truth. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't go to God with some strange juju, some weirdness where, you know, all sin's forgiven because he's God. I can smack you in the head. That's not the God we serve. We serve the yeah. God that we go to in truth. <laughs> and we say, God, we, we messed up some people. We've done this. Help us. How do we get out of this? Forgive us and help us to go out and make things right. How do we, how do we, I mean, we both know people, we speak, we speak with people, we've spoken with people over the last week, and we've counseled with people and talked to people. And, and so how do we reconcile? Um, I guess, I guess what I'm coming to is just, just understanding what truth looks like with God. How do we recognize, reconcile? This is craziness. This stuff isn't truth. This is narcissism. This stuff isn't truth. This is pride. This stuff isn't truth. This is just my own hurt. How do we, where does that line get drawn, Stephanie? I mean, where do you find that line? Well, I think you have to constantly be going God for his discernment. And if you keep your focus on God and and you don't begin worshiping a man, that will go a long ways because God will give you discernment. Um, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. If your fear stays in God, the fear of man bringeth a snare. If you get your eyes off of God and onto a man, no matter how good he may look, you yeah. may become you may you may become a different person without even realizing it. And keep your focus on who God is. As, as you go through this psalm, you know it says, um, verse fifteen says, "The eyes of all wait upon Thee." Yeah. Now give the sun their meat in due season, and. Obviously, you know, this could refer to physical, but I also think that it refers to spiritual. God will feed you. Yeah. He will nourish you. And if you're allowing him to be the one, you know, if your focus is on a man feeding you and nourishing you, where where you look to him for all your spirituality, you look to him for your doctrine, for your reproof, for your correction, for your instruction, righteousness, you better not be looking to a man for that. Yeah. You better be looking to God for that. You better be studying to show yourself approved to him, not to a man. And as you do that, God will give you discernment. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. Um, 
and he, you'll keep you'll, you'll you'll glorify him in that way. And that doesn't mean life will always be easy. You know that may mean, in fact, that life seems tougher at times when that's when you make God your choice, when you make God your focus. It may life may seem, and sometimes worse. But that's why in verse 14 we're told, The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up those that be bowed down. He's right there with you. Yeah. His to never leave or forsake you is still going to be true. Yeah. And, you know, he'll be near to those. Verse 18 promises he will be near to those that call on him. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to choose again. Where is your focus going to be? Because it changes every solitary aspect of your life. And I remember... Um, a man who at that time I respected and trusted and uh, my husband had had been following a, the biblical process that, had, that is laid out in scripture. And, and he was telling this man things, facts. He was telling him things that had gone on that had been hidden. And following Matthew 18, my husband was going to him and I remember that man saying, if what you're telling me is true, then everything I built my family on has been a lie. And at the time, it just broke my heart. But that man, that, that was something massive. It was like a tumor was revealed that day because in that man's mind, he had not built his, he admitted to us, he had not built his family around the word of God. He had not been building his family and training them according to the word of God, or he would not have said everything I've trained my family and grown my family on is a lie. The reason it was a lie was because that man had been building his life and his family and his doctrine on a man. Yeah. And if you're building your life and your family on a man, you are building it on a lie. The only truth in the end, your truth better be based on God's word. It better, because if if that's what you're doing, then God will be near to you when you call on him. Yeah. But he won't be near to you if you're not calling on him in truth. Yeah. If you're calling on him based on a cultish mindset or whatever, he is looking for those whose hearts are seeking to know him. Yeah. And, and really, it goes back to, you know, that verse I mentioned in Galatians 6, verse number 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Yeah. Whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. And, and you know, God is clear on that. Don't, don't be deceived. You come to me in truth. You come to David, starting back in Psalm 143 this week, as we began Monday, and we were talking on Monday how, it, it, it you know, his spirit, you know, going on about his spirit. Then he mentions it again in Psalm 144, and, uh, I think it was Psalm 143, therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart overwhelmed within me is desolate. You know, coming to that, to that kind of place where that truth is, is real, coming to that place where uh, in Psalm 144, man is like vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. Bow thy heavens. Coming to that place, cast forth lightning, God. You know, let's make that Sinai thing happen. And, and, uh, so I, I think when we're talking about what you were saying in truth, that man saying my whole life was based, you know, if our whole life is based upon a man or a preacher, we're in the wrong place. Yeah. Because that's no better than the ecumenicalism or craziness I came out of where people were trying to work their way to heaven. Yeah. You know, that's no better. I mean, you're placing this man at some level of popeness. Yeah. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. There's some level of popeness there when you do this. Yeah. 
Because if there wasn't, this man would not be in this place of high esteem. And what's sad is that man never has left that place. He made a choice yeah. that it was easier to um, stay in that place than to make the right call. And oh. those have only gotten stronger since then. And that's what will happen. The fear of man bringeth a snare. And a snare will only get tighter and tighter the longer you're in it. So, I mean, you know, looking at this psalm, you know, we're, we're praising we're praising God from generation to generation. We're praising God from nation to nation. We're, we're praising him. We're praising God from our, through our needs and prayer to prayer. We're praising God every day is how Stephanie started out pointing that out to us. It's a daily thing where, and then finally we're praising God from prayer to prayer. And I guess, I guess that comes down to Stephanie, you know, as we're looking at the end of this Psalm, if we're praising him from prayer to prayer, our prayers can't be selfish then. Mm-hmm. Our prayers can't have some self-serving side of it. Yep. Our prayers need to have some level of uh, praise, understanding, knowing that God is God, letting God be God. Our, right. our prayers go to a different place. They go to a higher level. They're on a higher road. They're not on this level of manservant. They're not on this level of works. They're, they're on a level of God is God, and I'm not. I better let him be my God. Right. And I better praise him for all the wonderful things he's done. And I mean, when you've got the psalmist saying, remember what happened on Mount Sinai? Well, that's just the basis of all Christian Judeo beliefs, what happened on sure. Mount Sinai. I mean, so so, so I guess, what do, how do we end all this crazy Friday, Stephanie? I mean, so we've talked about what prayer looks like. We've talked about what life looks like. We've talked about the right motives. We've talked about truth. We talked about God not being mocked. How do we wrap all this up? Well, I think we wrap it up the same way David wrapped everything up. Um, Verse 18, he says, The Lord is nigh unto all of them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, and all the enemies will he destroy. And then as in response to that, David says, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. When we understand who God is to us, the facts of who God is, it will result in us getting our mind off and our focus and our worship off of other people. And it will result in us praising and glorifying him with our mouth, with our actions, with everything we are. And that's what being a living sacrifice is all about. Praise him. Praise him. I can't sing. I'm sorry. Anyway, are you gonna? You can't do the chorus either because you'll lose your voice for tonight. Well, yes, folks, we are sing free right now, but we sure do love you, folks. And uh, you know, more important than anything else on this day, on this Friday, uh, make a choice that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. If you don't, please listen to every word Brother Eric has to say as he wraps this thing up and brings us out of this uh, particular podcast or radio show, just listen to what Eric's got to say. There's nothing more important than being saved. And, and then mm. everything we've just talked about, the choices, the praying, the praising, to coming to God in truth. And, and, and pl- please be not deceived, folks. Don't be all messed up over that. God's not mocked. If you're coming to God in prayer, don't come to him like the hypocrites do. Don't You know, there were enough Sadducees and Pharisees in the Bible and craziness. And, uh, you know, there's enough of that. God needs good old-fashioned relationships. So come to him in spirit and love and 
set your pride aside and, and, and I mean, come to him and love him. That's what it's all about today. You know, listen, we're going to get together next Monday. We're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to the opportunity to be in with all of you. We hope you have a great day. If there's anything we can do for you, make sure you look us up on Facebook on uh, helpful wounded spirits, Facebook page, or, or even look me up under Doug Kierger. I answer most of my messages that come through. We sure do love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.